I'm your host Logan and welcome to a very special bonus edition of K-Drama Review Session. Um, today I will not be going in depth about K-Drama, so I'm just going to be telling you more about myself. Um, so what I'm gonna go over is um, just random stuff. Today's episode is not scripted. So if I sound like I'm stumbling a little bit more than usual, um, I'm sorry. And also, if I fling out a few curse words, I'm also sorry. Um, it's just because I've been trying to filter myself, but today's episode, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let loose and have fun, and I hope you enjoy it. So to kick this off, some fun facts about me. Um, one is that my... Logan is not actually my name. Um, Logan Taylor is actually an alias that I use when I'm playing online. Majin is also an alias I use when I'm playing online, um, usually on mobile. So if you've ran into somebody named Logan Taylor or Majin on mobile, that's most likely me. Um, also, um... If you've run into somebody named Shusukiyama14 on PS4, that's also me. Um, more fun facts are I actually uh, collect uh, pop vinyl figures. Um, I have roughly 37 and then I have like a little mini one. So I like to say that I have 37 and a quarter. So I will tell you which ones I have. I have Lucy, Happy, Natsu, Grey, um, Ezra, I know I'm probably saying that wrong, Wendy, and Carla from Fairy Tale. Those are the um, original Fairy Tale pop vinyls that they released in, I believe, 2016. Maybe I, I might be wrong about that. Um, and then I have uh, Ichigo from Bleach. I have two different Renjis. I have uh, Normal Renji. And then I have what I like to call Bankai Renji, which is Renji with his Bankai. Um, his Bankai's name, I believe, is Zabimaru, which is the name of his Zanpakuto. Yes, I'm a dork, I remember that. Um, I also have Light and L from Death Note. I do not have the one where L is eating the cake, I just have normal L. Um, I have two different Kanekis. I have... Uh, what I like to call Centipede Kaneki, which is uh, his half Kakuja self. And then I have normal Ken Kaneki. I have Edward Elric from Fullmetal Alchemist. I have Katana from Mortal Kombat X. I have um, a limited edition Captain America, which is him and which is him basically holding his shield. Um, that was actually for the... Um, 75th anniversary of Captain America, which was like five years ago, so Captain America is like 80 now. Um, I have two different Iron Mans. One is the basic Marvel collection Iron Man, and the other one is from Civil Wars. The so one looks more realistic, and the other one looks kind of cartoony. Um, I have Black Panther from Civil War. I have Spider-Man from the basic Marvel Universe collection. I have like four different Deadpools. 
So one Deadpool is him holding his guns, and that is from the Basic Marvel Universe collection. Um, and the other three are from the Deadpool collection. One is Deadpool holding his swords, one is Deadpool on a scooter, and the other one is Deadpool, like, laying down, trying to be sexy. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, five WWE Pat Finals. Yes, I am a WWE fan. Um, I could go on and on and on forever about that. Um, I have Finn Balor, I have Roman Reigns, and I have Xavier Woods, Big E, and Kofi Kingston, otherwise known as The New Day, or, uh, this is my, uh, bad impersonation, but New Day? Um, I know they're not a tag team anymore, I know they are dead in the tag team universe, but they're still a tag team in my mind, um, and honestly, just saying, Kofi Kingston kicks butt, just saying. Um, I have one South Park final, I, it's uh, Kurtman uh, wearing glasses holding a little sign that says, I'm a little biggie, and um, I have all of the um, BTS pop finals that released like a year or two ago. Um, I actually pre-ordered those before they came out, and I got them, like, May of, like, last year, I believe, so I got them, like, a year or two ago. Um, I actually have them in order of my bias and, like, how I like them, so, um, that order is... For those of you who don't know, that order is Shiga, VRM, Jungkook, J-Hope, Jimin, and Jin. I'm sorry, Jin. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why Jin is my least favorite. That's just that's just how how it worked out. Um, but um, yeah. Um, enough about that. I actually have uh, a, quite a candle collection. I actually work at Bath and Body Works. So I have five candle crates full of candles. If you don't know what a candle crate is, it's basically like, you know how you buy eggs and they're in like the carton? It's kind of like that, but for candles and it holds uh, six candles. So I have five of those that are full of candles, and then I have two uh, little single wicks, and then I have one that is out that um, I have currently burning. Um, I'm not burning it right now, but that's the one that I've been burning. Um, I would go through every single scent, but I'm not going to do that. So I basically have 33 candles. Um, I also uh, like collecting uh final records and I actually frame them and use them as artwork right now I have straight shooter by bad company uh the car's first album which is self-titled um I have a picture vinyl of homesick by day to remember point of no return by Kansas no jacket required by Phil Collins let's up two and I have a very rare uh, EP version of A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles that I actually found in a thrift shop in Northern Ireland. Um, 
so I do listen to music that isn't K-pop, but I mainly listen to K-pop, J-rock, anime music, and some video game music. Um, my favorite uh, video game song at the moment is actually a remix of Death by Glamour done by Game Chops, and it's called, I believe it's called Metal Crusher, but it is awesome. Uh, Game Chops is one of my go-tos for remixes of video game music and video game themes. They even did a remix of the Tetris theme, which is actually really cool, and there's actually a group called Killer Blood that did a remix of the Tetris theme that is called The Blocks We Loved. Um, I could go on and on and on forever about that, but my favorite uh, Japanese bands at the moment are Millie and Wagiki Band. Wagiki Band, if you know the songs Zakurai by Kuro USA, they did a very well done cover of it. Uh, well, Geeky Band also recently did a song with Amy Lee from Evanescence called uh, Sakura Rising. It's pretty freaking awesome. I recommend listening to it on Spotify if you haven't already. Um, and Wagiki Band actually did a song for an anime. I don't remember what anime because I haven't watched it yet. And I don't... Like, I know the song, but I don't know the... Uh, translation in English, so I can't really tell you. Um, and Millie, uh, for those of you who are Goblin Slayer fans, you might know that name because they did, uh, I think the song is called Righteously, and it was one of the themes for Goblin Slayer. Um, Millie also, um, they've done a lot of songs for two video games I play called called Cytus, Cytus 2 and Demo and uh, the new version of Demo which is called Demo Reborn. Um, Millie, um, it, honestly if you really want something that's kind of like classical crossover and sort of like laid back I'd go for them but if you want something that's like that's I don't want to say in your face but if you want something that's like a little bit harder hitting I would definitely go for Wagiki Band. Um, I actually, I love Wagiki Band because, and I, I'm going to tell you why I like them, because they mix um, classical, like traditional Japanese um, elements, like um, instruments, costumes, um, and like theater elements, and they mix it with modern day rock and metal so it's very interesting um especially because most of their um inspiration comes from Japanese theater so that's very interesting um also since we're talking about uh Japanese stuff I'm gonna tell you a few of my favorite uh Japanese actors which are uh Ryozaki Yamada um if you don't know who that is, uh, he is from a group called Heisei Jump, and he is also Edward Elric in the Full Metal Alchemist live-action Netflix original movie, which he he's hands down the best Edward Elric, not gonna lie. I just think he's cute. Um, and also, um, there 
I cannot pronounce his name, but his first name is Soto, and he plays um, Ichigo in the live-action Netflix original movie version of Bleach, and he did a very good job as well. Um, so, moving on from that dorkiness, um, I am, in the next segment, I'm gonna tell you what video games I've been playing, and also what video games I played over quarantine out of boredom. So, um, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. I know it's a very special bonus edition, so... I hope you're enjoying it, and here goes to the video games. So, some video games that I've been playing recently are Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is an RPG game. Um, It was actually, I believe, originally released on PlayStation, but um, a lot of people complained, so they actually released it on um, Xbox and um, on Steam or PC as well. And um, it is like a solo RPG kind of thing, and it's actually kind of fun and also slightly challenging um, just because... Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, there's one part that I am extremely stuck on that I cannot get past where um you basically invade like this a camp of sorts and you have to uh get close enough to this like to this like tower of barrels that has like explosives in them and you have to get close enough to the thing without being noticed because there's like 20 to 30 enemies and if they see you they'll kill you um and some of these enemies are actually, um, m- like, I think there's, like, three or four different machine th- creature things that you have to, uh, like, um, kill. And one of them is huge. And if it sees you, it will, it will spout fire at you. <laughs> um... Kind of like the uh, Kaiten spiders in the crypt in Mortal Kombat, which I think are absolutely creepy because they're giant spiders. Um, but yeah, no. And then the other two are what they call what they call in the game Watchers, which you basically shoot the eye and it, it, you kill them. Um, which sounds easy, right? But it's not. It's extremely hard. Um, Also, uh, the other game that I've been playing, uh, Melody of Memory, is actually a, uh, music rhythm game that, um, features the music from basically all of the Kingdom Hearts games, um, including Kingdom Hearts, uh, one, um, oh, what is it? The one that I really hate, which is Chain of Memories, and then, um like, the 382 and a quarter days or whatever that one is, and then, um, basically it features music from all across the Kingdom Hearts series, um, including, uh, Birth by Sleep and some of the 
the other well-known ones, and um, the story is told in Kyrie's perspective, and um, they have what's called memory dives, which is basically you uh, following basically a line and um, tapping to the music, but also uh, the memory dives are interesting because they're basically like video flashbacks. Um, while you're playing, so it's a little tricky. Um, there is one that you get right off the bat for Simple and Clean, which is the, uh, which is the theme, like, the theme song, and, um, it's really hard because, one, it's the full song, and two, if you're playing on easy, it's, like, 530-some notes. Um, but it's really fun. Um, it's really interesting because you get like different field battle songs and different um different memory dives that you can create throughout uh the entire throughout your entire experience and um as you it's basically one of those things that you do objectives to earn stars and um if you earn enough stars you basically get to go on to the next area or like next song um, there are boss fights that are extremely difficult sometimes, um, but, I mean, it's, all in all, it's really fun and it's interesting because it's told from Kyrie's perspective versus Sora's perspective, because if you've played the entire Kingdom Hearts series, then you know that, um, it's told from Sora's perspective, but this is told from Kyrie's perspective, which I find very interesting. Um, and honestly, Kyrie is like one of my favorite um, characters from Kingdom Hearts. Now, the games that I've been swapping back and forth between on my Switch are um, are Muse Dash and Tales of Vesperia. Now. Let me uh just disclose or dis- or debunk a claim for you guys. So for those of you who have been on TikTok, TikTok has been portraying one of the characters very badly. Uh they've been comparing this character to Zero Two. Now, Zero Two has nothing to do with the game. She's not even in the game, okay? So, just stop comparing her to Zero Two because she's not Zero Two, okay? But I can tell you for a fact that Muse Dash did do a collab with Hollow Life, which is a anime music thing, and they also did a collab with Groove Coaster. Groove Coaster is an arcade-based music rhythm game that is owned by Tatio, and Tatio is owned by Square Enix, which made Kingdom Hearts, The World Ends With You, which actually The World Ends With You is getting an anime this year, and I'm super excited for it. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, Tatio is the, uh, is the brand that made Space Invaders back in the 80s, uh, they also made Groove Coaster and Groove Coaster 2, which you can, you can get Groove Coaster 2 on mobile, um, and, um, it's very different from all of the music rhythm games that I've played, 
but Muse Dash actually added uh, the Grief Coaster character to the game, um, and they have done several collabs with Vocaloid artists, um, I forget the last one they did, uh, just because I'm not into, like, the, like, the AI singing characters, like, Hatsune Miku, like, don't get me wrong, I like Hatsune Miku, but I'm, like, not really totally, like, into that, so, I mean, like, there's a few I know of, like, AI, or, no, IA, and, um, um, there's one that's, like, IA Kazoo, Kazoo something, and then there's, um, Hatsune Miku that I know of, um, and I'm just gonna say this right now, for those of you who are fans of Hatsune Miku, uh, if you listen to Millie, her voice sounds extremely like Hatsune Miku, it's very uncanny, like, it's like if Hatsune Miku was un, uh, vocaloided, that's what it would sound like, um, but, uh, those are what I've been playing on my Switch. Tales of Vesperia is a, it's a, an RPG game. I play a lot of JRPGs, and that is a JRPG, um, but it's fun, um, it's so, like, it's a time commitment. It took me literally, like, 60 hours just to play through it the first time, um, but honestly, it's a fun game, um, it's definitely worth it, I mean, it is a time commitment just because you have to, like, travel all over the map and do various things, um, and honestly, the only reason why I got it is because, A, I got it for less than, um, what it normally is priced, and I... Literally, on Switch, it's, like, a $45 game. I got it for literally, like, $17. Um, but, uh, the DLC for it is free. And I mean, like, free, free. Like, you don't have to pay anything for it. Uh, one is basically costumes that you can get throughout the game. Uh, you don't really have to get those if you really don't want to. And, um, the other one is sort of, like, a starter pack. It comes with jellies that you can use in battle to regain health, um, it come, it comes with ingredients that you can use for food, and also, um, it, um, comes with level packs that help you level up. So, um, basically, if you're a level one and just starting, and you use said level packs, it'll get you to level 45. Which will come in handy uh, because later on there is a fight with like 10 to 12 bandits and you basically had to fight them on your own. And basically if you're level 15 when you're doing that, it's extremely difficult. So those level packs will definitely help you. Um, because when I first got the level packs, I was level 15 and I was stuck at the bandit fight and I used those, I got to, like, level 60, and I whooped Bandit butt. Um, but honestly, that game is, like, super fun. The, there's two boss fights later on that will frustrate the hell out of you. 
like, just saying, like, there, one is Alexei, and Alexei is a jerk, nobody likes him, and then the the last and final boss fight is, uh, with the Duke, and he is a pain in the freaking tush, because you don't, you want to know why he's a pain in the ass? It's because he has two different forms. So basically, you have to defeat him twice. It's very difficult. Um, and speaking of difficult games, I mentioned Recall to Exist earlier. Now, I'm going to go more in-depth into that. The final boss fight for that is hell. Literally, it is hell. Because, one, you basically have to avoid his freaking sword. And he's basically a crazy psychopath. And two, um, when you do kill his first form, he has a Kakuja form that is twice as powerful that you pretty much have to kill. Literally how I did it was I literally dodge rolled, grabbed the fucking uh, bags for health or whatever it was, and literally I had to basically like shoot at him. I had to basically dodge and shoot. (laughs) literally I had to like use my ranged attacks on him and literally it was funny because I was literally down to my last life and I was very low on health and I literally shot him and he just died (laughs) I was like finally like it took me forever to do that fight that fight was really it was hell it was really hell and like there's actually one fight where you have to defeat Shusukiyama, and then you have to defeat freaking Ito. Like, you have to defeat the freaking owl. Like, yeah, no. Like, no, please, stop giving me hard-ass fights. And the worst part about that is you have to do those fights by yourself. You have no teammates to rely on for health or revival, so you're basically stuck on your own. Um, but honestly, yeah, no, besides that, uh, the game that I was playing during quarantine besides a recall to exist was actually Persona 5. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Persona 5, Persona 5 is a JRPG made by Atuis, which is owned by Sega. Now, for those of you who have Super Smash Brothers on your Switch, uh, the main character from Persona 5 Joker is actually in Super Smash Bros., along with Cloud and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy, um, which I found very, very interesting, and it kind of makes me want to get Super Smash Bros. now, just because of Sephiroth. Um, But honestly, um, my absolute favorite game of all time is Persona 5. Um, Persona 5 just got a Royal Edition, which introduces a brand new character, and also revises some of the choices. There is a choice where you could possibly save a character who tries to kill you, but then saves your ass. Um, and I'm not going to tell you who that character is because he comes in a, like much, much later. Um, but Persona 5 is actually really tricky um, just because... I'm a trophy hunter. 
I like replaying games just trying to get the trophies. And Persona 5 is one of those where you basically have to trophy hunt. Um, now, if you're trying to max out your social stats, there is a very easy, simple way to do that. One is this way. If you start, um, if you start a new game, like if you have everything almost maxed out by the final boss fight, you can start a new game. And when you start a new game with your extra stuff, it'll save basically everything, including your social stats. Um, it save I believe it saves your playtime, your social stats, and um, your your items and a few other things. Um, so basically, you're not starting from scratch. The only thing it does not save is your confidant level. You have to redo that uh, manually. Which takes up a lot of time. Trust me, that's the trophy I'm after right now. And it it's hell. <laughs> um, I might have to do another playthrough. Um, but honestly, I'm on like my fourth playthrough. And I absolutely love it. Um, it is one of my favorite games. Um, and to be truly and perfectly honest. Um, for those of you who are anime fans... Persona 5 actually has an anime. I guess uh, it was so popular that they were like, fuck it, let's make it an anime. <laughs> um, which is actually interesting because there's uh, something that happens in the game with one of An's friends. And they don't really go into too much detail about what happened in the video game. But in the anime, they kind of go a little bit more in-depth in the anime. Um, so basically what happens is um, when, like, uh, before, like, when you're working on the first castle, uh, which is Kamashita, and I, I'm just gonna say this right now, I hate Kamashita. He's a fucking asshole. Um, legitimately. Uh, he's like, the one that, like, irritates me so bad, um, just because he's, like, cocky, and he acts like he owns the joint, and it's just annoying, and honestly, like, as much as I hate Kamashita, and he honestly gets what he deserves in the end, but it, honestly, basically, in the video game, it is assumed that uh, Suzui it basically gets sexually harassed in a very bad way, but in the anime, they make it clear that that's what happened. Um, so basically in the game, it's assumed that she was basically sexually assaulted, and in the anime, they confirm it. Um, honestly, not by much. It's still basically assumed that she was sexually harassed but um because I mean they don't really make it clear exactly what happened to her but like you can pretty much guess that she was sexually assaulted and she couldn't take the trauma um but honestly it's it's a fun game it is a time commitment but it is definitely it's definitely fun it takes about like it takes literally about, like, 80 to 90 hours to finish, like, the game. 
um, without rushing through it. Um, there is, like, a lot of story to it, but honestly, it's really fun. I love it. And there's actually a new Persona 5 game that's coming out. I forget what it's called just because I'm not really up in the world of video games right now. Um, but I heard it's supposed to be good, but we'll see what happens. Um, so in the next segment, I may or may not tell you a little bit more about my favorite K-drama actors and my favorite K-dramas. Um, literally, I'm just winging it here, so I'm kind of going off book, off script. Um, I would talk about WWE, but that would make this podcast episode like three hours, and I really don't want to do that to you guys. So, um, I'm just gonna tell you a little bit more about my favorite K-drama actors and whatnot, so. So, here goes to the K-drama. So, a little bit more about my favorite K-dramas and my favorite K-drama actors, just in case you guys don't already know this information. Um, my favorite K-dramas right now, top five, um, are, um... Moonlovers, Iris, Orange Marmalade, Flower of Evil, and Tale of the Nine-Tailed. I do change out the last two very frequently, but as of right now, that's what they are. Um, And my favorite K-drama actors, as of right now, this does change out kind of semi-frequently, are uh, Lee Jun-ji, Yeo Jin-gu, Lee Dong-wook, Lee min Ho and Chinese Minho. Um, those do change out uh, semi frequently. Um, I absolutely love Lee Jun Ji and Lee Dong Wook. And I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Yu Jin Gu, Lee Min Ho, or Chinese Min Ho because they are good actors in their own right. Um, but Lee Jun Ji and Lee Dong Wook are like absolute bay at this point um honestly uh in case you didn't know this Lee Junji and Lee Dong-wook were actually in a k-drama together called My Girl it was from 2005 and um I may or may not be talking about it later on um I have actually watched it it's been a very long time since I watched it, but I have watched it, and honestly, not gonna lie, Intel the Nine-Tailed Kim Bum, um, did an excellent job as Lee Rang. Definitely worth watching. Um, legitimately, if you don't know who Kim Bum is, you may or may not recognize him as the Potter Casanova from Boys Over Flowers. That's what I know him from. Um, but honestly, like, hands down, like, Flower of Evil and Tale of the Nine-Tailed were, like, my top two of 2020. Um, just because I usually, like, typically what I do is I don't, usually like start watching a k-drama and like wait every week for the episodes i usually like wait until all of the episodes release and then i binge it but um with flower of evil and tale of the nine-tailed there was so much hype for it and i was so hyped for it from like reading articles on soompi and like other articles elsewhere that i was just like screw it like 
every everything out the window. I'm gonna watch these weekly. And literally, yes, I had to wait for the, the translation, which took a day or two. But it was so freaking awesome. And it's like, it's so funny because I literally at the end of every single episode, I was like, damn it, I want more. Like, where do they have to end on this cliffhanger? And it was, it was just, it was funny. Um, literally, like, my one friend, I was watching it with her and we were watching it together and we were talking about it on call and it was so funny because she was like you say that every single time like it's the truth I want more (laughs) like even like with like my VL web series like every single time an episode ends I I want more I just want more of it (laughs) like that's just how it is like even when I was watching Moon Lovers, like, at the end of every single episode, I was like, I want more of IU and Lee Junji together, like, they're so freaking cute, like, I want more of, of these two together, like, I want more of Heisu and Prince Su together, <laughs> and legitimately, like, not gonna lie, I absolutely adore IU, her and Kim Taehee are, like, my... They're my queens of K-drama actresses. Like, not gonna lie, they they are my queens. <laughs> and it's actually really funny, um, because um there's several K-pop idols that have become or that have been in K-dramas that I love. Um, these include Sungjae, uh Chinese Minho uh, V, Bakayan, and there's a few others that I'm not gonna name, including IU, and there's maybe, like, a few more that I've seen floating around that are really good. Um, Jin Young from GOT7, I almost forgot about him. Um, how dare I? Um, but yeah, no, like, they're, it's awesome, and actually there's a few of the NCT boys have uh started acting now too and they're pretty good so I mean literally like a k-drama is like the only time where I find singers that have that have acting skills like I'm not saying that like anybody else can't pull it off but the Koreans and the Japanese and Asians seem to pull it off better than Americans just saying um but honestly, um, I did podcast about uh, Moon Lovers, Iris, and uh, Orange Marmalade. Um, I will be talking about Flower of Evil and Tell of the Nine-Tailed later on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this bonus episode. I really honestly appreciate it. Um, honestly, getting to 100 listens like means the entire world to me. And I'm glad that you guys could help me do it. Um, I will say this, I am abandoning the Discord quest, um, just so you know, um, but honestly, I hope you guys have a great week. I know this is an off week for K-Drama Review Session. I will be back next week with an entirely new episode. Um, I'm not even gonna give you a sneak peek as to what it's gonna be, just because I want it to be, like, a surprise. Um, and thank you guys so much for getting me to 100 listens. 
who knows, maybe I'll do one of these bonus episodes again sometime, and who knows, I might create another podcast. So, thank you guys so much, I appreciate it, and happy K-drama-ing!